Welcome to the Street Photography Magazine podcast, priceless inspiration and advice for street photographers everywhere. Hello again and welcome to episode 49 of the Street Photography Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Bob Patterson, publisher of Street Photography Magazine, and this is the place for inspiration and advice by street photographers for street photographers. If you like what you hear today, please take a moment to subscribe on iTunes, no matter where you listen to the show, and take a minute to give us a five-star review on the platform. That's a big help in increasing our visibility and giving us the ability to create more street photography-related content for you. Today, we have a very interesting conversation that Ashley and I had with Toronto, Canada-based street photographer Carmine Grow. Carmine is not just an excellent street and commercial photographer, but he also makes some really cool YouTube videos about street photography and post-processing that are super informative and very instructive. And on top of that, he's just a really good storyteller. During our conversation, we talked a lot about one of Ashley's favorite videos that Carmine made called The Seven Steps to Becoming a Great Photographer and how these steps contribute to building a cohesive body of work that is meaningful and will attract a viewer's attention. So I won't rehash the whole show. I'd rather have you hear it for yourself. So sit back and listen to our conversation with Carmine Grow. Well, with us today is Carmine Grow, and uh, he is a uh, photographer. He's an advertising guy, a videographer. He does a lot of cool stuff. He's up in Toronto, Canada. And before we get to Carmine, uh, Ashley is on today. Ashley Hunsberger, our editor. And uh, how are you today, Ashley? Doing good. Glad to be here. Yeah, I hear it's cold in Florida today. Yeah, for us. But I can't compete with you guys. <laughs> 34 degrees. Oh, yeah. We're, we're nothing compared to Tarana. Tarana, Canada. So anyway, yeah, Tarana, um, Yeah, we've got uh, Carmine with us today. Been wanting to get him on for a while. He does a lot of cool stuff we're going to talk about. So welcome, Carmine. How how you been? Good morning, guys. Uh, great. Actually, I've, as I mentioned to you uh, a couple of minutes ago when we were off air, got a bit of a cold. So other than that, though, feeling great. And uh, it's it's awesome to be here. Well, we're glad you're here. And Carmine, before we get into things, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and uh, how you got to where you are today? Okay. Well, I've, you know, I've always been involved in art. I've always loved uh, loved art from when I was really young, and and I knew that uh, somehow when I got out into the world, I would want to do something related to to the arts. So I started off actually learning about all the different types of uh, art. You know, as in a um, sort of a kind of a dedicated art school when I was in high school. And that, that kind of led me into photography. I think when we started to do, take photography courses and working in the dark room, and there was something so surreal and so magical about the dark room. And I think, you know, you hear this from a lot of photographers is that they, they fell in love with photography when they started to do dark room work. And I think that was, I was no exception. So from that point on, I, I, I was just spending a lot of time in the dark room and, uh, uh, loved cameras, and I think one thing I, I recognized about that is that I, I think I like the combination. The reason I, I sort of moved in the direction of photography, I really love that combination of technology and and art, and something that some of the other art forms, you know, the painting, the the sculpture, and all that didn't 
didn't give me. It wasn't the same. And so I thought that, uh, you know, that, that combo was really great for me. So would you say your brush is a, a camera? I would say, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> no, I, you, you, I just thought of that. I don't know. <laughs> it's early. Awesome. Yeah, camera, a lens. I don't know. There's something about looking through the viewfinder and, you know, being able to find a slice of life, you know, and, and capture that and solidify that. There's just something so, um, and, and, and the detail and the, being able to capture so much detail. I think that's what I always loved as well. I think when I think about it is, um, you know, capturing the r real world with detail, uh, information. So it's great. That makes a lot of sense. I feel like my I feel like my husband would relate to that. He loves anything techy, but he loves photography. And I think it's that mix of art with technology. Yeah, I mean, you know, who knows why? I mean, everyone, we all have our unique personalities mm -hmm. and there's something about how we're made up and why we like certain things. And I think, I think I was fortunate that I was able to trust my sort of instincts and kind of move in that direction uh, because I've, you know, it's been it's been decades now, and I'm I'm still loving it as much as I did, if not more so than I've ever uh, loved photography. So, you know, it's it's one of those things you can do for life, and anything you can find that's a passion that you can do until the the day we we go is is pretty cool by my standards. You know, um, it's one yeah. of those things that never never loses its appeal. What drew you to street photography? Well, you know what, I've, I think I've always loved, I think when I started, um, as many people do, I started to photograph my family. So I was very much uh, drawn to portraiture and and I would just document, you know, and ask my mother to sit, uh, and she was always great. She was always there to sit next to the window for me so I could capture that great <laughs> window light. And, uh, and, you know, I have portraits of my dad and my mom and my, my siblings and friends who would come by the house and uh, it was always something I was really into and you know street photography came a lot later I mean I uh, I think when I really really got into street photography was back in the mid to late 2000s and I started to do some projects and again I, I worked on a project in a, an alley sort of a graffiti area of the city and I and I and this is kind of a cool project where I went into these alleys late at night and then it was always after around 11 o'clock and I would use a, I always had a friend with me who would be my model and we did this whole series of graffiti photographs where I, I would photograph him uh, sort of juxtaposed against some of this graffiti and I was doing a lot of painting with light. So it's kind of a really interesting project where I was using flashlights to draw mm -hmm. out parts of the graffiti and parts of him to create this story. And it was, I think, one of the first times that I really started to work on uh, sort of a, uh, in a very raw sense, a body, a little body of work that had um, a consistent theme throughout. And then that led me to kind of spending more time on the street. Uh, and, and so I started to do more street, you know, walking around on the street and documenting things on the street. And then in late 2000, uh, it's actually in 2009, I took a workshop here in Toronto with Magnum. Um, mm, nice. And and I was uh, I was really f fortunate because I was paired up with Bruno Barbe. Uh, uh, I mean, I was I think initially my initial interest was with uh, David Allen Harvey, who was all, also here, uh, but I couldn't. Um, you know, apparently his his was full right away. I couldn't get in with him, <laughs> although he was part of the workshop. So we were 
kind of uh, running into him throughout the week. But it was a week-long workshop here in Toronto where I got to walk the streets with Bruno Barbet. Imagine that. It was so much exhilarating, really, to watch him work and to watch how he uh, picked out a scene. And, and then we would come back and edit the work, and he would review the work of, of all the, you know, the participants. And it was just something really magical. So from that day on, I just knew I wanted to do street photography. I just fell in love with it. Um, and one of the things that really came across in that Magnum workshop, and I'll just bring that up for another minute, is that how important it is to work on a body of work versus working on singular images. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really appreciated that point in your video about the seven steps to becoming a, a great photographer. Yeah, thanks, Ashley. I mean, uh, yeah, I think that's important. I think, uh, you know, I think, Bob, you mentioned uh, even before we came on air how there is a, a lot of great photographers out there. And there are really it's overwhelming how much amazing work there is out there. And that is that is that is very true. I mean, if we, we just need to go on to Instagram or Flickr or anywhere else and to just to see the breadth of work that's out there. You could but spend th- all day. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> There's no shortage of even, and and not to say that everyone's, you know, uploading bad stuff. There's a lot of really good work out there. Yeah. Uh, but I think I think what might be missing is not enough, I think maybe not enough of us are spending that time on a singular maybe subject. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, that's something that I think, and that was, I guess, maybe part of that, that uh uh, seven steps was just to sort of get that message across again from personal experience that uh, it really is great. It's, it, there's uh, a lot to be learned from from focusing on one subject for a period of time. So, yeah, I liked how you talked about in that in that part of the video how you kind of detailed your personal workflow when you go out and shoot and you come home, then you immediately divide your images up or sort them by what might fit in certain projects you have going on. Is that right? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think different photographers uh, approach that differently. I know some people say, you know, you shouldn't look at your work right away because there might, you might have an attachment to that work as soon as you produce it, maybe mm-hmm. leave it for a while and then go back to it and uh, review your work later. And that gives you a sort of a different context because then you're not, maybe not so personally, you're not so attached to those, mm-hmm. you know, whatever happened that day or whatever. For me, I kind of, I, I like to preview them quickly and kind of uh, rate them quickly and then kind of push them into a, if there's something that really stands out that, that you know, looks like, oh, that could be part of this this part of this idea I'm, I've been working on for a while. Uh, I'll try to capture that right away and sort of put it aside as, 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 uh, as you mentioned. And then go back to it later. And again, if it's if it is strong enough, then I will later maybe go in and you know include it in the in the um, in the selection folder as you know a select folder or whatever that is. So I have a question about that. Um, I believe that was step six in your video to build a cohesive body of work. So um, when you talked about that, it, it sounds like you have kind of multiple projects going on at once. Should all of those be cohesive or did you just mean, you know, choose a project and make sure it really flows together well? Well, that that is a great question. Um, Really awesome question because it really gets me thinking, too. But I think that obviously within a single body of work, it's so important and it's it's not always easy to do to build uh, to make it cohesive. Um, you know, sometimes when we think about cohesive, we might think, okay, well, we have to have the same subject matter or similar subject matter. And 
it's not necessarily about that. It's just about figuring out what your story is, I think, in terms of what story mm-hmm. you want to tell through a series of images and then how you tie those together <clears throat> in a body of work. And, you know, and then also trying to, I think, we need to understand where it's going. Is it going online? Is it going to be in book form? Is it going on a wall? And those all play a part in uh, maybe it's going on all those in all those areas. And I think uh, that's those are all considerations when we're putting together a body of work. You know, how are people going to view it? Uh, how large is it going to be viewed? Where is it going to be viewed? I think that's really important. But to answer your question about more of a broad uh, in a broad sense in terms of should all of your work be cohesive? I really believe that comes naturally if you start to discover what is inherent about your your strengths and is inherent about what you you're interested in that's all starts to come together and you know if you do it long enough if we do it long enough i think we start to un- see those those ties between our different bodies of work you know what is it where are the similarities and i think that's part of the exploration of an artist too right uh, whether it yeah. be a street photographer or anyone else is to say okay what is it that i'm most interested in what is it that i tend to be attached to on a regular basis and and then how do we how do I continue doing more of that? Because that's what gives me great pleasure. This is what I feel is going to be my strongest work. And mm-hmm. I think that's important, too, is that will probably be your strongest work if it's something that is. Uh, and that's tying into another another point in the seven steps is is, uh, you know, do those take pictures of things you care about, you know, point number um, two. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I stated in that, in that video that for me, as far as I'm concerned, in my opinion, that's the most important step there really is, is, mm-hmm. is making pictures of things that, that uh, you care about, things that are important to you, um, and not so much things that will get attention or things mm-hmm. that will, uh, are trendy or things that, you know, maybe society is telling you you should do or whatever, but really things that from the heart and from the soul are really important to you. And it takes a while sometimes to discover that because we, you know, as photographers, we love all of these things. We love to, you know, take pictures mm-hmm. of everything. But yeah. um, I think, I, th- I believe that you're going to produce your best work when you can discover that, uh, you know, when you, when you come across that. So, And that might be particularly challenging with street photography. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like that. I feel like lately we've been hearing from some photographers who – talk about wishing they would see more meaningful work in the genre of street photography. Mm-hmm. Um, that was actually a question I kind of wrote down to ask you. Uh, I really liked that point about taking pictures of things that you really care about, things that are meaningful to you. How do oh, you th- think? Thank you. Oh, <laughs> you're welcome. Um, how do you think that street photographers can apply that advice? Well, I think uh, I'll give you an example for myself, what I realized for myself, um, and I started to produce videos based around that because I gave that a lot of thought about, um, I know that I want to be on the street and I love to interact with people on the street. Um, So for myself, for example, I like to shoot candids, but I also like to stop people on the street and talk to them and um, shoot more... um, you know, get a story from people and and mm-hmm. and take uh, portraits of them in that sense and and send them pictures. So that's also street photography. I mean, we can. I I, I don't like to think there are really any rules, um, but I think you just have to discover what it is you enjoy and what it is you love about the 
the the street and what it is about the, the uh, you know the world out there life out there that you really like and then go out and photograph that and there's different ways to approach it but uh, you know I like for example to always include people in my street work I mean um, I know some I've seen a lot of street work that it's very much about light and and and, and shadow and mm-hmm. or maybe uh, you know a lot of people like to photograph for example uh, very architectural scenes and that kind of thing. I tend to not do that so much of that. So, I guess it's just realizing where what you enjoy and what you like, and um, you know that comes across as well in terms of style. You know what what choice of, of camera or lens you use. Uh, um, you know, do you shoot uh, through the viewfinder? Do you shoot from the hip? Do you? So I think all of these different techniques also help us discover what we like to do, right? Yeah. Thanks for those questions. I feel like um, that's a lot of questions you can ask yourself, and I think they'll help you discover what what is really important to you. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm hopeful it'll be helpful or some. Again, I, I'm just I appreciate you guys taking interest in this. I mean, I I put it out there only because it came from me, uh, from my own experiences. So if it can if it can help someone or help steer someone in the right direction for their own. Uh, you know, for their own sort of journey. That, that's awesome. I mean, that's exactly what I love about social media, actually, and, and, and YouTube and, and all of that is just sharing ideas with other, uh, not only local photographers, but photographers from all over the world. I get, uh, as you guys do as well, obviously a lot more than I do, but uh, it's, it's awesome. I think one of the great things is to share all that information and learn from each other. I think that's yeah one of the most beautiful things about where the current time we live in right now. So, and I think you you learn so much more from people when you understand how they think about it as opposed to what equipment they're using or, like you said, you know, what f-stop or a lens or whatever. But if you know what's between their ears, you can then learn from them and apply it to yourself. Absolutely. It's true. That was one of my favorite points in your video was from that very first point how we all people love looking at the work from the greats from years past even a cell phone camera today is better than the camera they had so it's mm-hmm. not it's not about gear it's about learning the basics of photography uh like bob was saying learning how good photographers think examining their work and and um it's definitely more than just what gear you have <laughs> It, it I, I find it's really an evolution. I think we we all get, uh, you know, one of the things that sort of attracted us to photography is the gear, and that we can't uh, we can't dismiss that. I think can't there's deny. something. That's, <laughs> it's great to hold a great camera in your hand. You know, I mean, uh, I have one of those older Hasselblads, a Hasselblad 500CM, and I actually have a video where I'm photographing yeah. street photography with a Hasselblad. It's a very mm. different approach, obviously. But it, just to kind of show people that it does, you know, you can shoot with whatever, and it's as long as you're having fun and you're enjoying it, then that's really all that matters. And and it totally, uh, you know, I thank you for bringing that up, Ashley, because it is so important. Uh, yeah, that iPhone, what we can do with that iPhone today, uh, we really don't have any excuses with equipment. I mean, we can do the the gear right now is is so accessible. Mm-hmm. It, it, we really can do so much. I mean, think about shooting with, um, I can go out at night with my uh, little Pentax crop sensor camera and shoot at 6,400 ISO without a flash, mm-hmm. with a fast lens, and I can shoot all night without 
worrying about getting reasonably sharp and detailed images. I mean, yep. what other photographers think about Henri Cartier-Bresson? Did he have that privilege? <laughs> if yeah. he had that. If he had that, I'm sure he would have been taking a lot more night night shots. <laughs> hey, one of the things uh, I've been harping on lately is, uh, well, again, we were talking about how many great photographers there are. Many many photographers are are still pretty obscure to the world. My soapbox recently has been <laughs> first have your own website with your own name, mm-hmm. but just pick one thing and use it well to get attention to yourself, rather than spreading yourself really thin with all these different social media outlets mm-hmm. and i think you do that really well oh thank and, you and and i mean i don't know i haven't even talked to you about this yet but it, it appears to me that you've chosen to use youtube mm-hmm. and you do you've created a series of really good content wise very meaty videos they're also very well done Oh, thank you. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that, about why you've done that. I mean, this takes a lot of time. It does. Uh, editing yeah. a video takes forever. And so obviously you've put a whole lot of time into this. And you know, mm-hmm. if, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about you know, why you're doing videos and what you get out of it as a person, as a photographer, and as an artist. Well, that's a, that is a great question because I've, over the last couple of years, I've given a lot of thought to, uh, you know, what is the best way to get your your work out there or get your ideas, more importantly, out there. Because we, as artists, we want to, as people who photograph and take our, uh, love the medium, we want to get our, um, we want to collaborate with other people. We want to uh, get our ideas out there. We want to share ideas. And there is no better, as far as I'm concerned, there is no better platform right now than, than YouTube to do that. I think a lot of people might say it's saturated and so on, but I think it's only beginning to develop as a great platform. It's the world's second largest search engine. It is huge. Yeah. YouTube is huge. And I think it's very, in my opinion, it's still relatively untapped as far as street photography is concerned. Uh, there is so much to discover still on the street and one of the things actually and i have to give credit to a very good friend of mine and if i can say his name on on air his sure. name his name is tony lay he's a extremely good friend of mine and he actually encouraged me to um, to start up we actually started a youtube channel together um but you know we we get into a lot of conversations about art and photography and uh with some other friends as well but tony and i t- tend to really have these deep these long discussions about you know, where it should be going and, and, you know, as artists, what, you know, what responsibilities do we have and so on. And I think as an avenue, just getting back to YouTube, as an avenue to to communicate to others what you're feeling. And I mean, it's so rich, right? You have audio, you have your visuals, you have music, you have, uh, if you're meeting people on the street, you have the potential to uh, have other people share their opinions on the video. I mean, it's so rich. And I just think it, that richness is, is a capability that we have that we have to take advantage of um, and, and use that. Well, if we can use that well, and I'm just starting to learn how to use that because I've, only, I've been doing this about a year now. Um, I'm, you know, I really want to get better at this and be able to tell better stories. Uh, you are right. Uh, you guys are both right by saying that it takes a lot of time. <laughs> Video yeah. editing, uh, the the shooting, the editing. But I think, like anything else, the more you do it, the better you get. 
and and you know I'm I'm really enjoying it, and that's the most important thing I think for me is I'm enjoying doing it, meeting people. Uh, you know, I, I've started like yourselves. I've started to do some interviews as well, which I think have gotten some amazing attention. People love that. Uh, mm -hmm. People love to hear uh, someone else's ideas about the street or. Um, so I think I've really enjoyed the whole process. Uh, just to answer your question, I think it's uh, there's so much still to learn, but I'm loving it. For example, you're you're getting close video. I mean, mm -hmm. it's fairly short, and you have somebody following you around. Mm -hmm. So there's two of you working on it. I mean, how the shooting part? Well, of course, it could have taken all day to shoot. I mean, but how, how long did it take to put that together once you had all the footage? Well, first of all, that's my son doing that. He's he's an amazing uh, assi really? assistant. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, he's so great at helping me out. I mean, uh, so he comes oh, out with he? me. He's 17 now, and and he comes out with me, and uh, he's always offering to help out, and he's been awesome. Um, so yeah, but it takes it does take a while. The shooting, of course, can happen fairly quickly because you're doing it throughout you know, those couple of hours you're out, but then the editing does take a long time. So uh, I, I can tell you that the editing on that video must have taken, oh, it's, you know what, it's it's a lot of time, maybe six, yeah. <laughs> 16 hours. I believe it. Um, as I do them, I, they come down to, you know, they come down, some of them are only four hours, some of them are six hours. But really that one there, uh, because I was fairly, it was new in terms of that type of video for me when I put that one out, um, mm -hmm. it was a lot of learning. And I think that there's no <laughs> better way to learn than to just do, right? Yeah. So, uh -huh. and, and, you know, understanding that it's going to take a long time at first. But, <laughs> you know, if you make that commitment, <laughs> I think you learn a lot, right? So it took a long time. Yeah. That's nice, though, that you measure the value <laughs> by how much you learned in the process. If you didn't, you wouldn't do it again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, what tools were you using? Were you using Final Cut or? Well, I use Adobe yeah. Premiere. Oh, okay, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, I've I've always used Adobe products, so I kind of just uh, naturally uh, it came with the suite that I have, and I know that it's a really powerful tool. So I thought, you know what, this is what I'm going to learn. <laughs> so yeah, I, you're paying I, for it. Might yeah, as well use exactly, it. and it's it is a great tool. I find it it's pretty intuitive too, right? Coming from Adobe and using Photoshop for years and in design and all those other applications it was pretty it was a pretty easy transition into but it is i i don't know very much i mean i'm learning as i go like i said so uh, i have to say you know it's it's not always easy but you know it's again it's part of the learning process that's what keeps it fun i think right so so do you have to watch a lot of youtube right. tutorials to figure out how to use it you got it <laughs> to figure out how to make your youtube tutorial <laughs> you, you got it <laughs> Yeah, I like the one you put together on your black and white process. Yes, I really liked that one. Oh, thanks. I've gotten mixed sort of feedback on that, but I appreciate <laughs> uh, that. You know what I liked yeah. about it? I, well, it's it's a little long, so you do have to mm -hmm. commit to sitting down and you know watching the whole thing. But it's you learn a lot. And what I really think that made it great for me is that the image you started out with, straight out of the camera, mm -hmm. to me was kind of unremarkable mm -hmm. like I probably would have deleted that but mm -hmm. after you edited it you had such a solid image and yeah. it really kind of made me feel like wow 
it just learning to edit better can turn some images that you might not give a second glance to mm -hmm. into something really amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I th sorry, uh, sorry, Bob, you were about to say something. No, I, I was just going to add on. I, mean, I think it pays to have a, a good vision for what you want the end product to be. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. you you probably saw that that final image in the raw version mm -hmm. before you even started. I'm sure. Yeah, I think I think what I do, what I tend to do when I'm shooting on the street, and is is I don't get uh, too caught up for me for my own personal. I mean, obviously, I love I love good light, and I I want to get the best composition, everything in camera if I can. Uh, but I'm also not going to tie myself down to. To that, if I see something in an image that I've taken that that, for some reason, you know, if it speaks to me in some way, for whatever reason, maybe there's just a simple gesture that speaks to me, um, I, I will do my best to try to bring that across, and it's, it's not always successful uh, through post processing. And I, I always think about you know all the great the great masters again, getting into that topic of thinking about their, and you can we can learn a lot from past uh, masters because. Um, you know, they often, or if it wasn't them uh, personally, their darkroom technicians spent a lot of time. Uh, we talk about hours and hours and hours of of uh, mm -hmm. editing an, uh, a video. You can imagine spending that much time or more editing a single photograph in the darkroom. So if if uh, you know Magnum's, um, I think uh, Pablo Inirio, I believe his name was uh, Magnum's. Uh, or a guy who did a lot of uh, darkroom work for the, some of the Magnum shooters and stuff. If you look at uh, some of the time he spent on some of those iconic images, uh, you start to appreciate how much a darkroom technician can make a difference in an image too, right? Mm -hmm. So it is yeah. it is about the content, obviously, what you're capturing, but it's also about what you can do later on. And I think through that video, I just tried to bring, bring out a a bunch of different techniques not that they all have to be used all the time but it's just kind of here's here's a lot of them and and you're right Ashley it was probably way too long and again you know we're, <laughs> we're learning as we go right it was too long and I probably if I make another one look I won't it won't be that long so <laughs> I you know I agree and disagree I feel like a lot of people probably wouldn't watch the whole thing because you know 30 minutes but at the same time I watched the whole thing and I felt like I learned so much in that 30 minutes. So oh, that's, that's awesome. You know, like those, I, some, I really some of those Photoshop that. functions, I'm not really like the techie person that loves that. And mm -hmm. so to me, some of them, I'm like, oh, it's too complicated. Like, I don't want to, it mm -hmm. seems overwhelming to me. And then after watching your video, I was like, oh, I can do that. So, <laughs> so I think it was good. <laughs> yeah. And, and the way I, I tried to approach that just to spend another minute on that is that I was using predominantly curves. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and so it's just to kind of show that with the one, one simple tool, you can do a lot of different things mm -hmm. with it. And it's kind of treating that like as if you would be in the traditional darkroom, but now you're using this curves tool and masks to use dodging and burning techniques. So that's basically what I, what I mostly try to bring across in, in that. And you wouldn't have been able to do that as well in Lightroom. Uh, you know, I don't use Lightroom as much. I don't want to get into the, the, the geeky <laughs> details here, but I, I was glad you did it. I've gotten away from using Photoshop for editing my photos, mm -hmm. 
And then when I saw that, I said, hmm, I'm going to have to rethink that. <laughs> yeah, it's it can be time consuming. But I think like anything, if you know, you, you choose the tool that I think Lightroom is great too, right? I think you choose mm -hmm. the tool that you're most comfortable with. At the end of the day, the end result is the only thing that matters. How you, mm -hmm. how you produce it doesn't really matter. Again, the tools, the techniques are, should really be transparent. I mean, the, um, they're just tools. We use them to get our message across, hopefully. <laughs> if we're good at it, on a good day, we can get our message across. Yeah, good point. So, so what else are you using? You use an Instagram. Yeah, I, I, I am. I'm not so great there. I, I don't post as frequently as I probably should. <laughs> but how, I, how often should you? I mean, well, it's up to you, right? Yeah, it is. I think people people who post uh, at a regular time, let's say every day, and who engage with their content and their uh, and people, uh, others will get more uh, traction. Probably, mm -hmm. um, it's it's this it's this engine that wants to keep going, right? You 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 have to keep feeding it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so pick one and use it well. Yeah, yeah. YouTube's great. I like you know. You mentioned YouTube. I think it's a great platform, but it's uh, it's again, it's very time consuming. But uh, but I love it. And Instagram is also great. Actually, you know, a little just to talk a minute about Instagram. A lot of photographers are not even building websites anymore. They're just using Instagram because Instagram is what people are asking for. I know, being in advertising, uh, the first question is, "Oh, do you have an Instagram?" Really? Yep. When you're interviewing photographers. Or even people will ask me mm -hmm. uh, if I'm, you know, doing commercial, have to do commercial work or somebody's interested in getting something commercial done. It, people are going to Instagram to find, uh, find artists, to find artists or photographers mm -hmm. or more so than they're going to their website. The website is almost, in my opinion, from what I can see, I mean, I, mm. I don't know, but... Uh, is not as relevant anymore. I think you still always need a website. The website is still your home. But I don't. I guess just talking about where, uh, let's say, art directors are going, or where um, even art buyers potentially are going to look for talent or look for work. I think a lot of times it's Instagram. It's become the thing. It's uh, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, my personal opinion is that you use social media to, media to get noticed and to get mm -hmm. found, and then you use your website to tell your story where oh, you have full control point. because you don't know what Instagram or Facebook's going to do with Instagram. You know, I mean, it's not going to go away or who knows it may go away. It's not yours. And when it's not yours, you don't control it. That's, that's perfect. I think I totally agree with that. In the end though, that is your home, right? Is your website. That's where you can have, mm -hmm. yeah. as you said, Bob, I, I agree with that total control, right? Yeah. That's like a natural progression if you find someone's work you really enjoy on social media usually the next step is okay visit their website yeah. absolutely yeah. i've seen over the last 10 years or so since i've been a developer i've seen so many free services come and go mm -hmm. and there goes your stuff with it <laughs> or they're selling the uh the platform is selling your data to other people or selling people's eyeballs on your stuff to make money yeah <laughs> yeah and, and you know what to your point i mean instagram is a great place to get noticed but but again also there are limitations on instagram oh yeah right? like i mean <laughs> it's uh, people are always looking at it on a phone it's a mm -hmm. it's this little square format so certain images will mm -hmm. get more attention on on a phone than 
than others. So you you tend to you know people want to steer their their content in the direction of trying to get more followers or whatever that is. So it's it's so different from being able to have as you said, Bob, your own platform where you can do what you want, display the images as you want, full screen. People will go to their uh, desktop versus maybe their phone to. Uh, they take it more seriously, right? I think people will take yeah. it more seriously if uh, if it's a website. Before we wrap up here, I just want to say one thing. I've been looking through your Instagram as we talk, and I tell you, your strongest images are obviously ones where you've been engaging with the people. That, that's that's great feedback. I appreciate that because I'm always trying to. We're always trying to continue to learn, right? Yeah. You know, where should we go next, and all that. So and one of them is is one we just published in the Street Shooter of the Month section. Uh, the homeless guy with the sort of a blue image. The Listerine man. The Listerine man. <laughs> you submitted it. Yeah. You know what? I didn't realize it was you at the time when we selected it. And then I'm looking through your stuff. I go, wow, that's that homeless guy photo. We just published it. And sometimes I don't look at the names, you know, when we choose these things. I had that revelation yesterday as well. Yeah. Oh, you did? I, go, <laughs> I did. I, just, I said, I love that photo. Rarely will we publish photos of homeless people but when there's one where you've actually engaged with them and you've yeah. brought out their their character you know it's not like a picture of some guy laying on the on a bench with a blanket over him no you talk to this guy i loved that you went and took him prints later too i i i talked to him he has a in this part of the city he's i mean i don't see him there anymore um i'm hoping he's still okay but there's a whole group of people there, uh, his his friends who live on the street as well, who are gathered in that area. So uh, I stopped and talked to them. I talked to him. I made some portraits of him. And then I asked, actually made some portraits of his, his, his family, what he called his family, and did bring him back prints about a week later oh, and his, uh, some prints for his group as well. So he seemed to be really appreciative. I mean, unfortunately, he oftentimes he was... Uh, had a little too much to drink, mm -hmm. uh, so. Uh, but you know, you could really see from how he he looked in my eyes that he was really happy about it. And mm -hmm. I've done that with some other homeless people as well. And I always get so much uh, personal satisfaction uh, in being able to bring people prints. I think there's uh, there's there's such a strength in a print still, you know. Uh, and so yeah. I was I was able to do that. But thanks very much. I I really appreciate uh, being acknowledged for that. For that image, I, I, I really like the image and uh, glad that someone else liked it. So what are you, what are you working on now? Well, uh, you know, this YouTube thing has kept me quite busy working on that. Uh, I, I'm still working on a really long-term project that I started way back in, in the late 2000. It's called Outside Looking In. Um, and it's uh, shooting into window reflections and trying to capture this kind of multi-layered vision of the world. Uh, of ah, of, like of juxtaposing the what's inside and what is outside, what is behind me, and creating these images, and I uh, got a lot of inspiration uh, from Alex Webb, who's a Magnum photographer, and his layered, multi-layered sort of way of shooting, and it's uh, it's 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 something that really pushed me. Uh, it, I always wanted to try to push myself and right keep keep inspired and kind of you know how can I take it to the next level and try to, uh, you know, add some sophistication to the work. And so I'm still working on that. And that's kind of a long-term project. I'm also working on, uh, you know, uh, portraits of strangers on the streets of Toronto. I'm always building that body of work. That's a long 
thing I started several years ago as well. Um, so that, and I'm working on an, uh, a small art project um, documenting uh, all the different immigrant, immigrant groups in this part of the world, uh, working on that with a collaborator, and that's more of an art project um, where we do uh, video interviews and then uh, uh, sort of um, studio portraits of them and that type of thing. So there's a, a few different things I'm working on, and you know, just trying to keep it interesting and uh, having fun with it. You know, I'm going to ask you one other question. Um, it just came to mind. I, I got an email over the weekend from another photographer, someone uh, who I have a lot of respect for, and she said that she went on a trip and came back and just didn't even want to look at her photos she, because she said, all of my photos are starting to look the same, mm -hmm. and I don't know what to do about it. How do you keep fresh? How, how do you... How do you prevent that from happening? Well, that's a, that's a tough one, isn't it? It's a really, a really good question. I was actually talking with a friend of mine the other day. We were talking about that and how we how we start something new. And I gave him the example from my again. I, we can only share our own personal experiences and how we kind of because I think we all think about that, you know. And and uh, you know this outside looking in project I was just telling you about. Uh, the way I discovered that I should move in that direction was looking through my so-called digital contact sheets and looking for something mm -hmm. fresh. And there was an image that I took in downtown Toronto. I was shooting on the street, and it's something I hadn't done before. And I was shooting into this. I just there was something intriguing about looking through this. Uh, I was down in the financial district of Toronto, and there were these huge uh, office towers and all of this glass. And I was looking into this, and I saw this amazing stuff happening. And, and I took a few shots and didn't pay attention to them. And then probably a year later, looking through some of this old stuff, I came across this image. Mm -hmm. And there was this man uh, who was outside kind of walking in the, in the direction of what was the escalator on the inside of the building. Except he was about four times the scale of what a man should be if he were indoors. And there was all of this going on. And I thought, there's an idea for a... I love that, and there's an idea I can build on, and that's how I started something fresh and something new. So it's, I think, to answer your question, just looking at your work and and looking at all the stuff that you are not familiar with potentially, it's something that is different. And I think the way we can get there is maybe shooting a little more instinctively on the street instead of trying to uh, structure everything, and then coming back and looking at that stuff and seeing if there's something that maybe stemmed from the unconscious. Something came up that 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 sparks your interest, and then maybe you can move in that direction. So that's maybe maybe a way to approach it. I mean, it worked for me, um, but that is a great question because it's something that we all, uh, as as photographers, struggle with. I think how can we keep it fresh and do something new and exciting? Right? We want to keep it exciting. <laughs> that's right. I that's like a great that. idea. I like. Well, thank you for that. So, Carmine, where can people learn more about you? Well, definitely, I think, uh, thanks very much, first of all, for having me today. I am blessed and honored to be part of your show. I think it, you guys are doing a, a fantastic service to the street photography community, and I want to thank you guys greatly for what you do. Uh, and I, again, I, I'm honored, but uh, I, you know, I, I'm working, as you mentioned earlier, YouTube. You know, this is, I think that is my sort of... Um, 
sort of my area of exploration, my area where I, I want to sort of uh, share share my thoughts with the world. So I think that's great. I do have a website, Carmen uh, CarmenGrow.com, uh, where I have a very brief sort of. Uh, there's some of my commercial work up there, and then there's kind of a link to my YouTube channel and my Instagram. And there is a book that I've uh, produced uh, about a year ago that people can see. It's not related to street photography, but there's some of that. So I do have a website. And then my Instagram, Toronto Street Photo, at Toronto Street Photo. So, Yeah, thank you for being with us today. We really enjoyed this conversation. And I think um, that you've said a lot of things that can help street photographers examine their work and get inspired again. Well, I, like I said, I thank you guys very much. I've had a great time. So thank you. Once again, this podcast is brought to you by Street Photography Magazine. It is the number one source for inspiration, education, and publication for street photographers everywhere. It's made by street photographers for street photographers. Street Photography Magazine is published once a month, plus a few bonus issues throughout the year. Each issue includes an interview with our featured photographer to discuss how they work and take a deep dive into some of their photos. It also includes photo projects and photo stories from photographers around the world to inspire you. And it's a place for you to publish your work to be recognized. For example, the Street Shooters of the Month section of the magazine. It features photos from members of our community. And many of our featured photographers have been selected from that group. So stop trying to go it alone and join the community. All of this for less than the price of a cup of coffee per month. Stop over and subscribe now at streetphotographymagazine.com slash subscribe.